my eyes were open to the possibilities in front of me and that I could, I had choices and that I could take risks. Hey there, welcome back to the Finding Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Pratt, and I have a conversation today that I cannot wait to share with all of you. There is something really special when a fellow woman leader comes into your life and gets to work with you in a new way that really opens up your eyes. And the amazing thing about today's guest is I've gotten to work with her in so many different capacities. So Dina was a coaching client of mine. We also worked together on helping bring her project Ron to life in a much bigger way. Our team has helped her from a marketing perspective in the past, and we've just become really, really great friends over the years. And, you know, the beautiful thing about someone like Dina is I met her through a women's networking group, shout out to Elevate Alliance. And she was one of the first people to reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to hop on a call with you. I'd love to get to know you. Cause that's just the kind of person she is. She, she's really heart forward. She dives right in. She goes after what she wants. She is a curious thinker. And this conversation takes a lot of really important twists and turns. You know, we talk about her journey from leaving the corporate world, the process of the slow build, what it takes to really intentionally start and scale something and to not, you know, fall victim to the pressure and pacing and saying, you've got to, you know, achieve business success in an instant or overnight. And we talk about motherhood and the ways in which women are navigating, you know, this current climate in terms of the responsibilities that we are facing with kids and COVID. And it's just a really beautiful, in-depth, inquisitive conversation. And I really appreciate the way she shows up and she pushes me to expand my ideas and, you know, make sure that I'm not, not leading from a place that's limiting to other women. So super grateful for the opportunity to have this kind of conversation and even more excited to get to share it with all of you. All right, here's my conversation with Dina Danton. Welcome to the latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. I am here in person recording with my dear friend, Dina Jansen. Dina is a coach, author, and speaker who participates with fun-loving, strong-willed women ready to reignite the spark in their hearts, reclaim their confidence, and passionately pursue their potential. She longs for women to embrace the fact that they don't have to grow alone. It's her life's work to help women live the life of their dreams through authentic and grace-based conversations that spark curiosity and hope. What a good intro, my dear. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to have you here. I know. Isn't it so fun to do this in person? I know. When you suggested it, I was like, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. And of course, we'll have to talk. Hopefully, we'll get into how important it is that this is important to actually get out. I'm way far from home yeah. and to get out and visit and actually interact with the women that you love working with and, and get to do some of these things in person Yeah, as we're safe to do so. We're safe to do so. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the question I'm going to ask you, you listen yeah. to this podcast. I do. What made you the woman you are today? So I thought about the question and there's always a story with my answers, but I think the woman I am today, I am the woman I am today because I was willing to change my headlines. Mm-hmm. And let me explain what I mean by that. So I met someone years ago, was meeting them for the first time at a coffee shop. And I sat down and you're expecting kind of the very run of the mill, just chit chat to get to know someone. 
And this person out of the blue was like, okay, so if you had to, you know, sum up your life in three headlines, what would they be? And I remember going, well, this is going to be fun, right? Like this is a different conversation. And I remember though, that my, at that point in my life, this was at least seven, eight years ago, the headlines were, I survived postpartum depression. I am an adult child of an alcoholic father, like a recovering alcoholic. Like they were all, and I can't even remember the third, but they felt like I was a survivor and a victim of sorts. But I look at look at how I'd made it through. But then in the last, you know, six or you know, six, five years from that conversation, I was willing to man, just really get to know myself and, and figure out that I wasn't, that wasn't the life I wanted to lead anymore. I wanted to be creating headlines, Mm. ones that I was really proud of and one that wasn't just about overcoming, but about creating. Mm. So I think that for whatever reason, I am the woman today because I finally fell in love with myself at the age of, you know, 30, well, no, no, probably in my forties, 39, forties. I just, I just fell in love with myself and honored my own truth and decided to become like the writer and creator of these headlines rather than looking back and realizing I was just in someone else's story. So I was willing to change my headlines. So, so talk to me about changing the headlines and then how that brings you to working with other women, because I think there's a lot of women out there who would share a similar version of events or similar story if you were to ask them that same question. Mm-hmm. So when did you start to uncover the fact that you didn't just want to change your headlines, you wanted to help other women change theirs? Yeah, I think that for me, and and I think we'll, we'll probably get into this, but part of my headline was I was, I still am a CPA and was in public accounting for 15 years. I worked my way up that ladder all the way to partner. And at about year two, though, I knew it wasn't, wasn't where I wanted to be. And I remember dreaming alongside one of my staff members and they're like, what are we going to (laughs) do? What are we going to do with ourselves? And super fun story is he ended up leaving way before me and creating a family owned, amazing cheese shop in Austin, Texas, Antonelli's cheese shop, if you're ever there. And it took me longer to work my way through that pattern, you know, that working my way through life because it felt right. I was still learning and growing but I always knew I wanted to speak and I didn't know what that meant. I wanted to use my voice. I enjoyed leading people in that way. And so as I just, as I made partner, I was really encouraged by the first year because I was kind of reignited myself. It was a new role. I was having new responsibilities, but about a year in after that, I was back to this just isn't enough and Mm -hmm. something's not settling. I, or I am settling and something's not right. And what do I do? And that is where, again, I worked with a coach and was but that I could also do it within a really wonderful company that would support me as I transitioned and thought through these things. So once though then I three years in my solopreneur journey, retired three years ago from public accounting, that's when I became to realize like Wow. First, I had to own my own story, though. Right. I really had to love myself first and take the risk. But then it became about, oh, my gosh, I can do this for other women. I can give them the first time when they've sat there. And I'm full body goosebumps right now. But that first moment where someone just gives them time and I ask them the question of what do you want? And they just some don't know. 
Some just want chocolate cake. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's yeah. bring a cake. Some are, they have the seed, they have the dream, and they just need somebody to partner with them through that. So yeah, it's now it's become, oh, I'm ready, right? I, I'm, I'm finally three years into to gaining the steam of my own, my own momentum, my own boldness to be like, you want this and I want this for you. And then it's trying to attract the women who are ready, you know, ready, ready, willing, and able to put in the work. Where do, where do you think those blocks come from, from women? And I, you know, you know, I have some theories over here, right. but, but I think it's really important to recognize one that like, there's no shame in it. There's, there's a lot of women who experience this, but it is something that I, that I see being quite common for women. There are men too, of course, who experience this struggle, but I think, you know, there's something about like there's a path we think we're supposed to follow or something like that. I mean, where where when you work with clients, like where do you th- think these things come from? Yeah, I think I think it's both, and I'm a huge advocate of therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And a therapist is completely different, and a, another beautiful piece of someone's healing and processing, just like coaching can be. And I do think that we have some things, even if you didn't have any sort of specific trauma or you didn't have anything, we're, we deal with these things and we learn them at such young ages of how to keep ourselves safe and protected. Mm. And if we don't get verbal, like my family didn't necessarily talk about options or paths. It was, so then you just start taking in what society's feeding in, right? You're taking it in. So I think for me, I ultimately knew with the work that I've done for myself, with a therapist, with coaches, because I just longed for security. I just, I longed for my, I wanted to be in a relationship and have create a family that felt safe and secure. And that meant I wasn't going to explore options. But what you finally realize is that it's doing more damage to stay in the thing. And and I, I wrote a, I wrote a piece about it where I finally feel like it wasn't a conscious decision. Looking back, I can decide and know that I finally decided that the the fear of regret was finally bigger than the fear of failure. And I, I knew that my husband and I, we could figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. We could figure out a transition personally. Mm-hmm. We could figure out a, a transition professionally. And I think women we want to keep ourselves and our and those that we love safe mm-hmm. and, and that security then often feels very logical mm-hmm. in the corporate world where there's insurance, where there's, mm-hmm. where there's benefit. And we just don't take the risk on ourselves because we think we're going to impact others, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't have enough voices, but oh my gosh, you're going to give your kids this modeling of what, what risk taking looks like, what conversations look like, what options look like. And so I think, you know, I've got two kids now, not, not little, 13 and 15. And to be able, like, that is my why, to be able to model for them, you can grow and evolve. You should, you mm-hmm. must try the things. And and I, it's also for life and corporate people too. I love how they can reinvent themselves in their own space. There's, so I never want there to be a knocking of corporate versus entrepreneurship. I'm so glad that I'm getting to experience both. But it's just you've got options. Yeah. And if you have people that you love and care for and you're willing to ask for help, you can make it through, right? Mm-hmm. You will learn one way or the other. And then you will get to define what success, right, is mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's not just financial. It's just this real sense of self-pride and 
knowing that you've made it through and you're, you know, you're creating, you're creating the next generation that's willing to tackle some cool stuff too. Yeah. I think the risk taking piece is really critical because it's like there, there's taking the risk, right. But then there's, like you said, the ripple, who, who do I affect if I fail? Mm -hmm. And there's this other piece that comes up oftentimes in, in my circle, which is, do you have the right resources to take the risk? Sure. So, so for example, you know, if you're dependent on a company for your corporate benefits, mm -hmm. can you afford to pay right. for healthcare on your own? Yeah. You know, or you know, if you are the primary breadwinner in your family, that was, you know, you know, my mm -hmm. situation. It was like, can I stockpile enough money away so that if I'm not making revenue on day one, because most people don't, you know, will I be able to to have our family get by financially? And I think that. For women, there's, there's, you know, we know there's a gap there yeah. in terms of what resources are available to them. And I'm such a big believer that if we want women to take risks, we have to be funding them in a way that makes it possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, the story that popped into my head as you're doing that is I remember the night that we told the kids that I was going to be leaving my job and they loved my business, right? Because we had a cool, there's a cool office downtown Austin. They get to come to the office with me. They, they know that they get you know, stocked fridge. Like I was cool because my, my, the office I worked in was cool. And I remember telling them when we had finally like, we're doing this and telling the kids, cause I thought it was why not. And mm -hmm. I was trying to think, okay, so that was three years ago, but they probably told them five years ago. So I had like a seven and a 10 year old. And I remember my daughter was like, are we going to lose the house? And I was like, Oh my gosh, how could, and then my son on the other hand, he's like, well, you better get to writing your book because I had told them I was going to write a book. And I remember thinking, what in the world? My child, my man child, my boy child, he's quick to work. Like, well, what are you going to do then? Mm -hmm. And my daughter was, are we losing the house? But that, mm -hmm. that sense of security. And I find that fascinating. I, at the time, I was also heartbroken. And of course, I told her, babe, we're good. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we were good. And if anything happens, we will keep this conversation going. If you ever have questions or concerns, you come to us. Mm -hmm. But isn't that just crazy yeah. at such a young age? Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Will you will you share the other story, you know, not to not to put Elizabeth on, on black. She should she's amazing. She would not do it herself. Yeah. But will you will you you know, so so backstory is this is Nadina and I are good friends and you were texting me the other week and you know, you said, Oh my gosh, I had this experience with my daughter and you know, and I don't get this window because I'm a boy mom. And so, you know, I, I only see through their, their view of the world. And um, and you just, yeah, can you share this story? Because I think it's really important. I will. Her, my daughter's name is Elizabeth. She's wonderful. And she has always gravitated more to the creative, which I actually am fairly creative, right? I was closeted for so many years in my, in my auditing hat. But I've always known that and I've wanted her to pursue whatever that meant. And I, that meant that I really had to do a little more legwork of like trying to connect with people. But my husband, I remember he's like, all she does is watch Netflix. I was like, no, she's watching these shows differently. So what we've come to find out is now she's able to verbalize for herself. I want to be a director. I want to even like work in a specific niche where I'm doing like Disney, Nickelodeon, like that age level. And I even want superheroes involved. Like she's very particular. And I love that she had that dream. So as we were talking about this possible filmmaking camp that she's not going to, which I'm pumped about, we were driving in the car and kind of out of nowhere, she goes, you know what I've been watching? Like these directors, like 
10, 12, 14 hour days, like you're on the set, you've really got to work. It's just like, what am I going to do when I have kids? And I was like, again, full body goosebumps. And I'm like, what? And I was like, this is my chance. These are these moments that I prayed for that I would have with the next generation or with my own daughter. And I was like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to have options. You're going to bring babies on set. You're going to have daycare on set. You might have a husband, wife, partner at home who is loving that role to have your kids at home. You're going to, you're going to figure it out. You're going to have options. She's like, okay. And then jokingly, I said, you can hire me. (laughs) So it was fascinating. And I did, I messaged multiple women, you included, like, this is, this is happening. This is in their minds. And I got to say it in the moment. Mm -hmm. You can totally do all the things you want to, and you're going to figure out a balance and Mm -hmm. you're going to have support. It's going to take help, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get to create new worlds. And, you know, it's been, she, again, both my kids bring endless possibilities to um, answer questions. And that was, yeah, I can't wait to see how she blends her work in her life one day. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. And, and I think the thing is like, originally, you know, you hear that question, you screech, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, she's already thinking about like this limiting idea, you know, that, that culture's handing in terms of what I could do if I'm a mom. But then like you said, as soon as you said there's options, she's like, okay, I'll figure it out. You know, and I, and I think that like, the thing that it makes me wonder is, you know, what are the ideas that 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 we halted at such an early age because somebody said the opposite of that? Said, yeah. oh no, you you know you can't do that because you're a girl, or mm-hmm. you know, well, you're not going to have the support you need, right. so you've got to step back. And then, and it's a it's a really important piece to just be messaging these things to our girls so that they feel like they can. Yeah. And to just create this open curiosity and yeah. ask the questions that you have. I'm sure I had questions and I didn't ask my mom or, you know, we came from a generation where we, my family wasn't as vocal about the emotional journey of life, right? About mm-hmm. options. And, you know, my family knows we will talk about those things. And yeah, it's just letting them know if you have a question, just ask the question. Just be really curious with me and, and I'll give you the best answer I can. And if not, I let them know I have reached out mm-hmm. to other women mm-hmm. to see what resources I can connect you to. I want them to start being resourceful now, right? I, I can tell you, you can't figure this out. You're resourceful. That's kind of my latest buzzword with my kids is there's tons of resources. You just have just search them out yeah. and follow the connections until you find information that serves you. And there, there you go. So yeah, it was really fun. So I can't wait to see Mm -hmm. what curiosities they have. Sometimes I can, (laughs) but I'm mostly. Well, I want to go back to that little, that that hint you dropped about your creativity, Mm -hmm. because one of the biggest, most beautiful things to witness has been your creative endeavor of Ron, which is for Ready or Not. And, you know, Ron has been through different iterations, particularly mm-hmm. this past year with COVID. So will you, will you tell the audience a bit yeah, about Ron and the journey that you've been on? I will. So Ready or Not is my annual women's gathering that I, in my very first year, I knew that was something I wanted to tackle was bringing women together because my original dream when I really made my professional transition was I wanted to be a speaker and I put it just in quotes, right? Like, but the dream was me walking on big stages with thousands of people. But as I actually made the transition, started working from home, started building this new life, really, mm-hmm. and 
funding from the corporate mindset, I decided, no, no, we need to start small. We need to start local and really care for and then see where that grows. So I started it. I always do in the January of the new year. So we started in 2019 as an in-person gathering at a local, really beautiful place. And I live in Buda, south of, south of Austin. And I think I spent more money on door prizes just to try to get people to come. And we had about 85 women, again, mostly high school friends and family and my mom and anyone she could drag. And it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was, it was an out of body, honestly, to be real honest, it was a real out of body moment. I remember the morning of just like, how can I experience like the dream that's actually happening? And it was so beautiful. And then year two, 2020, I, same venue, but I was working with you and my coach at the time. Yeah. And so we actually sold out, which was a huge thank you to you because you really pushed me to do, you, you know, really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And of course I had tears when we met that goal and about 155 women then. So we almost like double our numbers. I doubled the number of women on stage. That was important to me that Ron is all about an afternoon. It was an afternoon. Now it's, it's, it's shifted, as you said. It's just an opportunity for growth, connection, and joy. That's it. But I wanted to collaborate with as many women as possible. I didn't want to be the only voice. And I wanted to bring these everyday women in so they could see these other women from their community and, and learn their story and see. And some of them had never spoken on stage before. Mm-hmm. All of my vendors were women, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it was important to me to just celebrate how amazing women are. And of course, have a dance party. <laughs> and so then COVID land comes into our world and shakes everything up. And so... I did decide to pivot to an online run 2021 was online and it was a ton of learning, a ton of experience, but I was able to gather 15 women to come together as the speaker lineup. They were all pre-recorded or recorded through, through us. I worked with your team to really just, you know, amp up how we can get the message out. But again, it's just, it was another pivot but this time we had a hundred women, so maybe less women, but from coast to coast. Like yeah. for us to know that we had women from New York all the way over to like California was just insane for us to feel like, okay, the ripples are changing. These are women that are ready for growth, connection, and joy. And we we connected as best we could. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a certain amount of it that was live. But the women that I brought to the table are again are just my core values. I know you focus on core values a yeah. lot. My core values are K-O-R, kind, open, and real. And that those are the women I brought to the table. I you know, just record yourself like you're talking to a friend. And we talk about everything from resilience to financial preparedness. To, I talk about, obviously, potential and pursuing that. It was Ron's special. And I'm, I'm excited to see where Ron's going to keep going because the biggest feedback, and so the only little little snippet I'll give you for the excitement for what's going on for Ron was the feedback was I want this for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So when my daughter then asked me this question next, again I'm I'm just like, okay, so we're starting to get some whispers of there's there's a need for this. And some of us from the Ron Spiegel and are already looking at what Ron 2022 is going to look like with bringing in that next generation of women mm-hmm. and bringing this content that is life changing to them earlier. We don't need them to wait. Right. We need them to hear from us, but we also want them to be part of it. Yeah. So it's going to be, we've got some exciting things going on in 2022. Exciting. I, I mean, I, lo- I love this story and I, lo- and I love 
you know, the, the person you bring and, and, you know, for anyone who listens to this and knows who you are as a person, like you are the epitome of joy and words. And, and you know, when I came and visited you in Texas, I, I told everyone, I'm like, she knows everybody. You just go into a store and she's like, this is so-and-so and this is, you know, and, oh, they did this for Ron last year. And, but, but what I love in that is that I think that you're somebody who sees your success more than just you. It's about everybody bringing, bringing, you know, what they've got to the table. Where do you think that comes from? Because there's a lot of people who are strivers who are all about me, but you are so circular in your approach to success. Well, why don't you say my parents must be amazing because yeah. I'm here and my mom's a giver. Yeah. She's a giver and she is a caretaker. And I think that that is 100% genetic. There's, I think she always taught me the importance of showing up for other people. And, you know, I think, you know, who knows exactly how we are, how we are. But I think that again, now that I get to write my headline, I would, it was very important to me that from day one, I operated my business, how I would love for it to look, you know, from day one. So I knew collaboration was important and I knew that just honoring women and just loving on them and really celebrating what they're doing was going to do nothing but help me. Right. It was going to do nothing to harm me in any way. It was only going to just continue to come to all that I do with this lens of women are awesome. They are 100% capable and who knows when I'm going to need them to turn around and, and, and hold me up. And so it wasn't, it was just the gift of giving, not with the, not with the hope and the goal of retribution, but just, let's just start the cycle. We don't know when it's going to, when we're going to need it. And I love watching other women. And I always say, like, oh, I'm so glad I did not have that dream that other woman, you know, like that that wasn't my dream. Like I always joke about a retail, like, oh, I'm so glad that my seed was not retail because I want to support her because that was her seed. That was her dream. And I, I love honoring women when they are doing their thing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better because that I want them to, I want them to see that me. I want them to see me spark when, and with excitement when I'm talking about what I do. So can't do anything else, but let them know how much I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's like the beautiful thing is that we as women, you know, we come to the table knowing that you know, I'm giving this gift time, be it energy, be it resources, whatever it is, support, you know, highlighting it on social, all these things. We do it knowing, you know, that, that, you know, at some point, you know, this will come back, but, but not like, Hey, when are you going to do it? You know? And I, and I think that that, you know, especially in, in the circle that we play in is, is, just such a beautiful force to see and then to, get to celebrate the other women when we're each having our moments where we're shining like and and that's a shift that to me i mean and, and something differently but i i had to step out of corporate to find mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um i think that you know i was talking to somebody just the other day and she said you know the corporate environment like you know uh, everybody around me yeah. and then eventually you know, the smarter I got, my managers were feeling threatened by me too, because then it was like, oh, you're coming for my job. Right. And so I guess the question I'm, I'm dancing around is like, do you think that that is something special that can only happen outside of a corporate environment? Because I know you coach in corporate mm-hmm. circles too. So what are your thoughts here? No, I don't think it's impossible. I think, I think the thing that women here's what was popping into my mind as you were prepping, as you were thinking of your question too and sharing that was collaboration is also an opportunity to grow my trust muscles with women. Mm. 
If that makes sense. I don't, I I do think that there's something too about just collaboration doesn't mean you collaborate with everyone who passes your way. It means you find people who you really feel in line and alignment with when it comes to values and offerings and opportunity. And then you start small and you just start to build trust and see what blossoms. Right. So I think I personally have not always had a strong group of women friends. I, I kind of attached to my husband early at 15. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my husband, and he was my person. He made me feel very, you know, safe and grounded. And so I'm also, I feel like I'm part of my exploration is just to grow my, my women relationships with trust and collaboration. And I do think that in the corporate setting, I think certain cultures obviously will play into how free a woman is to express her, mm-hmm. you know, her, her desires for, for wherever she wants to go. But I think that that there's it's changing. I, I do think that the, like I'm part of a wonderful group of women mentors that works inside corporate, you know, corporate settings and they're getting to where they're more comfortable because they're already limiting themselves without mm-hmm. even talking to other women. And so it's just, really encouraging women to just go have conversations that are awkward. And I can't guarantee they're going to turn out great, but I can't guarantee they're going to learn something every time. Mm-hmm. They're going to learn something about themselves. They might learn something about their manager or someone that surprises them, mm-hmm. but they won't know unless they approach the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think that in the corporate world, and I do some work with, with corporate teams, smaller teams, because I want to just create these cultures of care and as we do that more and more with strong willed women, and of course I say supportive dudes, there's great, yeah. great men out there that we can create environments where we are free to evolve and mm-hmm. transition. And it doesn't have to be as competitive, but that's going to be an evolution and take time yeah. and take more people really believing in the value of mentorship, coaching, bringing in professional development that isn't just, just to fill the time, but that's actually to fill a need that they mm-hmm. have. And I think that, that that will take time, but we just have to find them one, yeah. one little organization at a time. Yeah. I love, I love the note about trust too, because I think, you know, we talk a lot about collaboration on the podcast, but um, that element of trust has never come up before. And that's a really important one. And it's, it's a two way piece for me. It's trust, you know, building trust in a relationship with whoever that person oh. is. But it's also trusting yourself. And so sure. I will say any situations where I've had a moment of collaboration and it hasn't played out or it's, it's felt icky or wrong, I should have trusted myself earlier on. And my gut was like, mm, yeah. this isn't, you know, and, and that's not to fault anybody. You know, it's, it's we all have our own kind of ways of being in business, but it's really important that you find alignment in yourself first so that mm-hmm. the people you're bringing to the table are in it for an intention right. and are out to to steal your work or not to right. make all that themselves or, or whatever that, that mm-hmm. like, you know, incompetent collaboration looks like. Um, I want to go back to mentorship now because sure. you brought it up and I was like, I'm waiting for the opportunity. Sure. You serve as a mentor. You, mm-hmm. you know, you work in this, this amazing organization that, that has a really structured way for women to access mm-hmm. to mentors. Can you talk about that and sure. why that works so important to you? Sure. Well, Sarisa is the group. They're wonderful if you ever want to check them out. And it was a woman founder. It was founded by several women. And what was fun about it is I served on a nonprofit board with one of the co-founders. And we met for coffee one morning when we were both in like dream phase Mm -hmm. of what these things could look like. Mm -hmm. And 
to then years later, it's been, it's born, it's wonderful. She's they've created such great content and resources. And then I was asked to actually come in and be a mentor, a volunteer mentor. And I was, so it was real full circle. But for me, what I love is I'm a coach and I've been coached and I'm having these mentor conversations and I've been mentored and I love curiosity, but sometimes you're just like, what is, what, what should I even be asking myself? What should I be asking this person? And so they even have resources of just powerful questions and it's just pages of questions that are just guides, right? Just tools. And, and I think we've talked about that. Like how many tools can we add to our toolkit? And that is the beauty of coaching. That's the beauty of mentorship is we're just adding tools to the toolkit. And I, I was actually on a sharing, a mentor sharing call, and I was asked to differentiate between coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at, at the heart of it, they're so similar, but they're, they're different. And I, and I, when I'm in a mentor, I pull my coaching hat off because I think at the heart of it, mentorship, you really want the onus to be on the mentee, right? Mm-hmm. We want them to just come asking for questions. What, can, what do they want to learn? What do they want to hear? And, you know, in a coaching relationship, ultimately to me, the onus is on me to figure, make sure you're expressing your goals and we're going to then figure out what you're going to do about those goals. And then we're going to hold you accountable for those goals. Mm-hmm. So I have to, on my mentor calls, make sure I'm not asking them, okay, well, what are you committing to do this week? And when mm-hmm. am I going to check in on you? But what's beautiful about it is with both the, the three takeaways for mentorship is that it's just this really wonderful opportunity to care on somebody and just to show up as they are, where they are, and just keep saying, you know, just sharing these stories. It's mentorship is just like, hey, I'm just I'm expanding your horizon because I'm going to share the experiences that I've 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 experienced before. You're mm-hmm. you're all there. Coaching is more of you know where you want to get. I'm going to help you get there. Mm-hmm. So it's honing in. So to me, it was just more of a difference in focus. But in both of them, just being so ridiculously gracious in their connections to resources. I'm a firm believer in this. You all obviously you can tell, mm-hmm. but I have you looked at this? Have you met this person? And of course, trust your your you don't can't everyone's busy, so you have to be you have to be mindful of who you connect people with and always get permission. Mm-hmm. Sometimes blind connect, mm-hmm. uh, get the green light first, but so gracious with those of just and to me it's almost even if they never look at the resources that they yeah. remember there's bound to be some resource available yeah. to me when I'm in a situation. Who could I talk to? What could I read? What could I listen mm-hmm. to? There are always resources available mm-hmm. as there are options. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I hope I answered your question there. No, you did. You did and I'm really glad that you, you did, did the difference between the two. Cause then I, when I'm in the moment of, I think more about, you know, I think there's a moment of putting ourselves back in those shoes, particularly mm-hmm. if it's a path we've walked before, mm-hmm. you know, so we were talking the other day about, you know, mentoring women who are just becoming moms for the first time and how do they, how do they, you know, navigate? And, and so those are the moments where I go, you know, what do I wish somebody would have told me? You know, yeah. what, what, what if I, what do I, like you said, what do I know now, mm-hmm. you know, that I can pass, pass down and, and give to somebody so that they don't have to figure that, right. that lesson out the hard way. But sometimes it is about letting people figure out the lesson the hard for way sure. and then just be there to process it with them. And I think that's the thing is, is you know, with coaching, it's a little bit, there's there's a little bit more of that tactical mm-hmm. element. I'm like, okay, you know, you're paying me to avoid that mistake. Sure. But sometimes in the mentorship world, there, there's hardship that your mentees have to go through mm-hmm. and you've, you've just got to hold the space to help yeah. them, you know, come out the other yeah. side. And that's the thing. I, those are the words we should, like, maybe that's, maybe that's my, my next tattoo is hold space. Like, we just, 
don't give ourselves the time and we don't teach our children and we don't have it in our systems and our school systems to just pump the brakes, Mm -hmm. give yourself 30 minutes to an hour to have a really good conversation with yourself or someone else. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately they'll be like, I never thought of it that way. Well, no, because you're going a thousand miles an hour and you're not slowing down ever. So holding space for that, just like you said, is we're emotional human beings. And, you know, I, I prepped, there was one mentee. I was, I mean, I prepped, I read her focus and framing. I, I had an idea of where we were headed. We get on the call within a matter of minutes, not even minutes, probably she's in full tears. Mm. And it was right during COVID time. And she finally just had her break. She was, she needed a little breakdown. And we were able though, to talk about mental health and taking care of ourselves and how vital it is that even, especially in this pandemic, when all of our worlds were thrown upside down, you can't function personally or professionally if you don't take care of yourself and your mental health. And she, it was a huge turning point for her. I know who would have ever thought that would be what I was going to be bringing her in a turning session, but I was okay to just be there as she cried it out, talked about her concerns. And we, you know, you know, of course encouraged her to really get the help she needed. And I, I'm so glad that those were conversations that would not have happened in the workplace. They wouldn't have happened with your professional but they're happening now and that's all we can hope for because we need them to hold more space we need them to pump the brakes Mm -hmm. ourselves included Uh, so i am very focused on somehow providing rest and reflection and reaffirming my next steps like Mm -hmm. that's for myself i mean i'm here i didn't bring my computer like i needed my coach was like don't work i was like Okay. Like, you know, so it's been different, but it's been really, it's life-giving. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you're the queen of segues today, which is great. I'm like, appreciate it. And then the same room, so I just know you're reading my energy and you're like, the conversation's going to go here next, but it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Where, where I do want to go next is, you know, we're in COVID still and, and, you know, we have had conversations, had conversations with other women, you know, obviously, the headline is that this pandemic has had a crippling effect on women, particularly women in the workforce. Um, there's a lot of women that have had to take steps back. Mm-hmm. Some have, have done so, you know, willingly. Others, right. you know, kind of forced out because right. when you weigh the costs and the options, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And you know, this is this is something that we have to navigate and be advocates and champions for women wanting to make whatever choice they want right. to make. But I brought something up on social the other day. I had I had shared about, you know, for those of you who hadn't, who hadn't seen it, you know, LinkedIn put up this thing that, you know, I think just meant to not be pandering. I thought Sorry. they were doing something right. But it was like, you know, there's now a job description you can add, which is stay-at-home mom. And uh, one, they didn't have stay-at-home dad or stay-at-home parents. So it was a little bit gendered. But two, you know, my, my question to my followers was, you know, is this pandering and kind of sexist or is right. this progressive and there's something to be had here? And you and I were like, we were hashing it out in yeah. the DMs. <laughs> we were like, I, you know, like, excuse me. Yeah. What about this? Yeah. And, and, and I love this about our friendship and I love this about, you know, cause, cause I come from, you know, the, the upper West coast and I'm like very, you know, entrepreneurial. Right. My, my friend go, and you, you have an approach that balances that. So when yeah. you talk about your, thoughts on this whole thing yeah yeah and i remember seeing that because it was i think it was the word forced out of the workplace Mm. and i my response to you was something to the effect of 
Could it though have been that some of them longed to be at home mm. and it wasn't a forced, it was finally like, I, yes, like this is my time. So it was just, I, I, I share that because I, I grappled mm-hmm. and I'm getting much stronger and more confident in where I am, but I 100% made a lifestyle choice when I retired, right? Mm-hmm. I, I longed to do different work because it was going to be meaningful and powerful, mm-hmm. but I also really wanted to be with my kids in a different way. They're, you know, seventh grade and a freshman in high school. I wanted to be the Uber. I longed to, I still think they're lunches, right? I mean, they're very independent, but I don't, I don't mind. Like I wanted to, to manage my family and my household in a way that I hadn't for 15 years. So in my three years of building my business, which again, my business is my business. Some could look at my panel or anything and be like, you do not have a business, but my life's work now is managing my family, mm-hmm. leading them, guiding them, mm-hmm. engaging with them. Mm-hmm. And also leading and slowly building these these women who I'm so fortunate to work with, sharing my stories, writing because I love to create content, and wiping my hands at about five or so to make dinner, which I'm not I'm still working on the love of cooking, but or with my husband, right? And and not being wound so tight. And financially, we are in a place where I can do that, right? I'm not, there's not a fire. There's not a necessity to, to pay the bills, which again, it is, an, it is a total privilege that we have, but we also built that up over 15 years of me working. And I was the breadwinner for a lot of years. And so my husband, we, we had managed our, our wealth, if you will, or managed our, our income. But yeah, it's really, it's an interesting place to, to, to not feel judged, but to right. find yourself self-judging. Well, am I really a business owner? Am I not even a business owner? Because now I'm a mom and I'm, I'm working part, part time. And, and then I finally just like, like, mm-hmm. I am living a life of my dreams. I don't know what we're going to call that, but that's what I'm doing. When I did the exercise, I mean, five, six years ago, I literally am doing that. I'm waking up, I'm getting my kids up and out. I'm taking care of myself. I'm getting in my workout. I'm doing work that really is important to me. I'm moving my, shuffling my kids around left and right. I don't miss a thing because I don't want to, or I'm missing two baseball games because I want to be here on vacation with you, right? Like I'm making those choices intentionally. I'm checking in with myself. I'm checking in with my partner and we will continue to build and grow and evolve as my business grows and evolves. And we'll see how that goes. I think we just have to keep trusting women to own their own truth, like what feels good. And so I, that's, I think that I would never want, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. Here's, here's the, okay. I have a dear friend. Yeah. I was still in corporate world. I was a partner at a firm. I got a table at the women, Texas women's conference, massive conference, right? Yeah. Just wall to wall in the convention center. I bought it. You know, I had a table. I had all these great women. I brought a friend with me who was predominantly stay at home, had sort of her, her own business, but it, you know, wasn't taking up a ton of her time, you know, a lot of her time. And we left and we got in the car and she goes, I hate it when they asked me that. And I was like, wait, what happened? She was like, when everyone, they always, the first question isn't even almost what's your name? It's what do you do? Mm-hmm. I've never asked that question since then. I have, I'm still working on the right way to say it, but you, if you ask me, if I meet somebody new, you'll hear me say, so what keeps you busy? Yeah. What makes you laugh? Because we shouldn't be defined by exactly what we do 
if it makes you, if, it, if that keeps you busy, it makes you have a ton of joy to be like, oh my gosh, I coached 15 women or, oh my gosh, I nailed drop off today. Okay. Yeah. Love it. So glad. And so, but it will catch people off guard because they're used to the, and unfortunately they're preparing for that stupid question of what do you do? Yeah. Because they want to say it right. Or they, what are they going to think? Mm-hmm. And we give into that. So who cares necessarily what the woman does? What brings her heart joy? What, you know, what are you, what made you smile today? Like there's, that's, that's the goal. If that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. my balancing act is to find that, but I will say I'm ambitious. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing the thing you love, you want to do more of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I want to do more of what I want. So I'm having to learn how to really run a business. And yeah, that's taking me three years. It's probably going to take me five. I'm fine. I'm a slow grower. I have a picture of a sloth in my office. It's fine. <laughs> but that's who I am. But I'm around women who inspire me, who are there. And when I am then ready, mm-hmm. I'll take my steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's finding ways to support that. And so women who... It would break my heart if any woman left the workplace without that desire to do so. I'm not okay with that. I'm also not okay for any woman leaving and not feeling great to say, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would never have left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always, there's a lot of, there's two sides to a coin, right? There's yeah. a lot of sides to stories. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, and I, like I said, I love this. I love this calling into the conversation of like, it, there was some language here, but, but most importantly, we've got to make sure women have options and, yes. and, and whatever those are that we're embracing them. And same with men too. I mean, I know multiple women, you know, multiple, or yeah. multiple men who wish that they could have more time. I mean, that was my yeah. husband's goal. That's why he chose firefighting. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be, when I asked him how it is day on our first date, it was like, I wake up, I get my kids ready. He wanted mm-hmm. to be really active because that was not that childhood he yeah. had had. His dad was gone all the time. Yeah. And so I think that we need to make sure that, that parents have options. And then if they do want to take a step back, that they're not going to be penalized for it either yeah. because I think that's the hardest thing that for me to witness is, you know, for, for me, I might have wanted to do those things at times, but I knew that going back and getting after the career that I had had would have been a challenge. And so I think there's there's more resources. You know, I was sharing with one that I've seen with you with that the mama organization, but there there needs to be more ways and again going back to the idea of giving space, more opportunities for us to just take a step and say like what do I want? And that could be forever, that could be for the season, sure. that could be, you know you know, just for a minor moment in time. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of people who are asking that question and the answer is really different because of COVID too. It is. It's really shuffled a lot of our priorities. And for me, my, myself, I mean, I've had more quality time with my kids than ever before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've traveled less than I ever had, less than I ever have since I was in, in, you know, my career. And that time back is, is something that I'm not going to give up at this right. point. You know, it's, yeah. it's really shifted the dynamic for our family. But then there are other things where I'm like, I'm very clear as to what I don't want to be. I don't want to be a teacher. Oh, right. <laughs> I have no foundations for it. I mean, there, there's, there's, there have been a lot of, I, you can very clearly know where you do and what lane you do and don't want to be in. And yeah. man, I, I give a ton of, ton of grace and gratitude for anyone who's gotten young ones through. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> My husband and I are like, there's no way we would have made it. We, we would have made it. We would have had to, but ours were, were much older, but I do. I mean, I think that that's the point is just there's options. And the more we can keep 
giving ourselves that time to just be selective and we, we can't do all the things. I mean, that's just, I love the shirt. I mean, it's cute and all, but we do all the things you want. Mm -hmm. I can do all the things I want. Mm -hmm. I choose. Mm -hmm. And, and then you go from there rather than just doing it out of necessity or obligation or, you know, societal training, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be really interesting in these next year or two as we kind of ease back right into this world. I think there's workforces are gonna look different and connections are gonna look different. Networking's gonna look different, but we can still always come from a place of care and compassion for ourselves and others, and good things will happen. Yeah. I believe so. I do too. Well, speaking of speaking of you know where the world goes next, mm-hmm. I have a question for you: mm-hmm. If someone wants to connect with your work. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important that we tell them where to do that. Absolutely. So, you know, if A, describe the work that you're doing now. Sure. You know, what, what is the primary work in the way that you're serving? And then where can people find and follow you? Okay. Yeah, the best way is to just head to my website, adinajansen.com. So it's D-E-N-A-J-N-S-E-N.com. Mm-hmm. And there you will find all sorts of information about me. Depending on when we hear this, you might see a fresher version of that, which is always fun to evolve. Because, you know, as I have given myself the grace to grow slowly, I came out, you know, it's been three years since my retirement from career one. I'm in career two. I really felt called to write the book in year one. So people can always go to Amazon and get Road to Hope. That's my memoir. You can get all the versions, or if you really just want to listen to me, I can. I'm your I'm your audible narrator. So my husband said I was quite soothing, <laughs> and which was one way he got through the book, which was funny yeah. because the other way he was just skimming for his name. He was like, "What were you going to say about me?" So it was pretty comical. So I wrote the book, and then year two was about creating Ron, right, and creating and re- creating ready or not this space where, gosh, this growth, connection, and joy, and just. What do you want? What are you waiting for? And you're never going to be 100% ready. So ready or not, let's just show up for our potential. So you can always find, you can find Ron too. Um, you, it's actually 2021. This is coming out in 2021. It's live. You can go and, and enroll and you'll get a fun little care package in the mail. And, and all of the content, are, the, uh, the women are amazing. And they're there to just to talk to you like you're their friend because you are. And But my work, the work that I'm growing and and longing for is coaching with, again, just really fun-loving, strong-willed women who, man, they've they've they're accomplished in their own right. They they they've done the things that have brought them joy, but they do they might find themselves in a period of transition. It could be a you know a big birthday coming up. It could be uh, it could be a professional transition, you know, or just they have this little seed, this idea for something, and they just want to finally go ahead and give themselves and invest in themselves to have a partner in their potential. That's my job. My job is to be equal parts, you know, inspiration plus practical tools and resources. What can we do, but accountability. So my husband, I'm not a drinker, but my husband like IPA. So inspiration, practical, that's my IP. That's the IPA I'm bringing to the world. But man, and just being with women and helping them have their moments where they change their lives and they look up two months later and I had a coach, the other or client the other day, she said, her sister was like, I don't even know you anymore. She's like, who are you? you know, she's 66 and she just had, had a CPA practice that was was thriving really for all but wanted some new things for her own life. And she's just, you know, just watching them do that. And they go, oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't know that. I'd be, and I was like, you just need someone to believe in you, give you the time 
then the space, be really curious and have a lot of questions and ideas. And my job is just to help you find your own next steps to have that clarity and that confidence that's going to build over and over, over time until you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it, right? Not only do I love myself, but I'm living the life that I've always dreamed dreamed of and make it a reality, but it does take help. We need help. Mm -hmm. So I just tell women they don't have to grow alone. I'm here to partner with them through some just a ton of grace-based and authentic conversations and, and we have a ton of fun. And I do like gifts, so I do a lot of gifting too. <laughs> so those are the women. So if you are that woman listening or you know of a woman who is just longing for that person that's just ready to love on them really hard and see them do crazy, exciting things. That's, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm lucky enough that I get to hang out with this woman even longer today, but if you want to hang out with her regularly, she's got stories to share. She's got beautiful newsletter. I always love seeing that in my inbox. And um, so I highly, highly recommend you go out to her website, be, be a follower, watch what she's going to do. next. Cause it's going to be awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. I wish you all could have seen Dina and I at the end of this recording. We just sat back and smiled at each other. We both had laptop batteries that were about to die. But it was just this amazing moment in time to capture the kind of conversation that I feel like her and I have been having since the first moment that we connected. And, you know, after we recorded this, we went for a little day trip together and the conversation just continued to roll. You know, talking with her about clients she's coaching and working with and then sharing, you know, my opinions based off of the women that I work with on a regular basis. And it was just this beautiful unfolding that continued well beyond this moment. I hope this conversation landed somewhere important for you in your heart and makes you think deeply about the pressures or the expectations that you might have allowed to be put on you when it comes to building your business and, and stretch yourself to be able to do something different. I strongly, strongly encourage you to check out Dina and her work. As always, we'll put all those links in the show notes. But I just want to thank you for taking some time to listen in and to really marinate with this story that Dina had to share and, and to think about the ways in which we as women can continue to show up and lead that next generation, set that example that we didn't have so that they believe that they are capable of doing anything because they truly, truly are. All right, y'all, this has been your latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. My only ask of all of you is just to rate the podcast, give us a little review, tell a friend, make sure these stories have the ability to take up space in our hearts and our homes and our cars, make sure they're heard because they're so, so important to me. And I know they're important to all of you. All right. Grateful for the time. Wishing you well, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. Take care y'all. Bye.